The Pat Kenny Show with Matter Private Network on News Talk. My next guest has written what has been described as a remarkably hopeful and useful book. Henry Sanderson is executive editor at Benchmark Mineral Intelligence, and he is the author of Volt Rush, subtitled The Winners and Losers in the Race to Go Green. And he joins me now. Henry, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, I've, I've gone through your book, and uh, the thrust of it is about the minerals that uh, are sometimes abundant, sometimes hard to get, uh, that will go into our transitioning to green. But I have to say the most fascinating uh, bit was in the early part of the book when there was a race between Edison and Henry Ford and Henry Ford won and had Edison won, the world would have been different. Yes, that's right. It's fascinating that, you know, over 100 years ago, um, I mean, if you go back to 1900, um, electric vehicles were a real contender along with um, steam powered vehicles and internal combustion engines. Um, and you had this brief moment in history where we could have seen electric vehicles um, move ahead. And actually they're very popular with, with women at the time because you didn't need to have a starter um, motor. You know, So Henry Ford's wife actually had an electric vehicle. Um, but then combustion engines just got better and better and, and Henry Ford's Model T obviously changed the equation. Um, but history could have well been different yeah. you know, for the 20th century. I mean, in those days, you had to have a, a cranking handle, a starting That's handle right. to get the, the uh, car going. So the electric car, you switched it on once the battery had some power in it and off you rolled. Um, but Edison, he wanted to mass produce these cars. He couldn't quite get his battery technology right. And by the time he got it somewhat right, the combustion engine had developed to such a point that uh, he couldn't catch up. Yes, that's right. I mean, it's really interesting because it reflects on today, which is a lesson for today, which is batteries are extremely hard. Um, and, and making a battery breakthrough is a very hard um, act of chemistry and it has to function in all sorts of conditions. And Edison, um, you know, who is a prolific inventor, tried and tried to, to create a better battery. Um, and he did create a good battery, but it just came... Um, too late um, to to make electric cars viable. And and what I think is a pity is electric cars could have been used for inner city travel and yeah. perhaps internal combustion engines for other longer travel. Yeah. But unfortunately, that, that avenue um, wasn't pursued. That didn't happen. I, I mean, in the cities at that time, you were to- talking about not replacing something else. You were actually talking about replacing a horse. Precisely, yeah. The competition was against the horse. Um, and I would say what, what I think also changed the, the path for internal combustion engines was the invention of the self-starting, um, you know, electric starter motor, because that, that did away with the crank, as you were saying, mm. right? So once you had that, then internal combustion engines were, were pretty, um, pretty, pretty good. And also the other thing is the infrastructure for, for charging, obviously, was, um, was not so well um, developed at, at the time. Um, but it is a real pity. And Henry Ford actually was interested in electric vehicles as well. And he actually um, supported Edison um, in trying to invent a better battery. And the, the two of them even talked about uh, creating an electric vehicle together. Um, but unfortunately, uh, it wasn't to be. Yeah. Now, the, the, the secret of the battery is you've got to have a, a two ele- electrodes, a cathode and an anode, and uh, the, the medium, uh, which is the electrolyte. And that yeah. quest for efficient batteries goes on to this day. I mean, the sophistication of the electrolyte medium, the different cathodes, the different anodes that have uh, been tried, and it's all really down to the minerals, and that's an area in which you are expert. Yeah, thanks. Well, um, that's exactly right. So 
the book is about, um, you know, if you want to transition the world's um, entire auto fleet to electric, if we want to meet our climate change goals, I mean, we've seen with the extreme weather we're experiencing at the moment, you know, we need to move fast. And it's all about speed and scale. This is, you know, what venture capitalists talk about. Um, and if, we, if we're going to do that, you know, it comes down to raw materials because we're talking millions of electric vehicles. You know, we're talking President Biden wants, um, you know, uh, 50% of electric vehicle sales by 2030. Um, China's got a 40% goal. So we need a huge amount of batteries. And that's just for electric vehicles. We need batteries to store renewable energy, which is intermittent, so it can be used on electricity grids. So we're talking a scale that hasn't been seen before. I mean, you get to this scale, you run up against the limits um, of raw materials. And, and in certain minerals like lithium, you know, they're a very niche um, mineral for, for years and years. And then suddenly the demand is, is exponential. So we've seen lithium prices uh, go crazy. Um, and, and we're going to see a sudden surge of demand for all these minerals. And my book is talking about, well, who are the who are the companies behind this supply chain? Who are the characters? Who are the power brokers? Right. Yeah. Uh, which is very much like the early stages of, of the oil industry. Now, uh, some of uh, the stats. And by the way, I came across a quotation last night. I was looking uh, at Borgen, which is the, the very good uh, political okay. drama. I don't know whether you watched it. It's terrific. But the quote I came across was one attributed to Napoleon. Let China slumber. When she awakes, the world will tremble. Well, Napoleon was very prescient because yeah. that's precisely what's happening now. Yes, I think that's exactly right. I mean, obviously, China's experienced uh, massive economic growth. Um, I lived in China for seven years. Um, but what's interesting now is, you know, the rise of the middle class in China is huge. And you could say it's President Xi Jinping's main constituency now. It's his main sort of... Uh, power base and the middle class want clean air they want um electric vehicles and um you know consumption in china is going to be a huge part of the economy so you know china's economic growth it's it depends on a, on a big part on electric vehicles on clean energy um they they couldn't go on in their old sort of polluting uh, model and they know that and they're going to be victims of, of climate change too um, you lived in china as you said um, what was the air quality like terrible i mean yeah, I, I really lived through some of Beijing's worst um, air pollution days, and we had what was called an airpocalypse um, at the time. And, you know, it was just, a, it was apocalyptic. And every day you, you would check the air pollution reading on, on your phone, um, you'd wear masks to, to go out. Um, and, and it was bleak, you know, and I think the Chinese government, they, you know, they saw there was a risk of social protest, um, you know, especially amongst this emerging middle class. So that's part of the reason why they moved quickly on, on electric vehicles as well. Now, it's interesting that lithium is reasonably plentiful, but 60 percent of lithium is processed in China. 80 percent of cobalt is processed in China. Graphite is almost 100 percent. Yeah. Um, so the Chinese have cornered the market in, if you like, the final stage in the supply chain, whatever about the early stages. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. So China's not sort of, um, unlike Australia, China's not sort of blessed with tons of minerals, tons of easy deposits. So what China has done is dominate the sort of processing um, supply chain. And then from the processing to the battery materials to the battery. Um, and, and then if you look at the raw material end, the mines, you know, geology being what it is, they are they are in certain countries around the world, right? You can't change that fact. The economic deposits are in of cobalt or in the Democratic Republic of Congo, um, you know, lithiums in Chile and Argentina and Australia. Um, but Chinese companies have also gone out um, and, and invested heavily in the raw materials in these countries. So what you've got is the Chinese investment all the way from the mine 
to the processing in China, to the battery in China. And the final stage now, what they're trying to do is produce electric vehicles to sell to the world, you know, sexy electric vehicles with, um, you know, great entertainment systems, um, autopilot, etc. This is so they want, you know, they've almost got the whole supply chain um, in their hands. So even the likes of Elon Musk um, and Tesla, uh, big companies, motor companies like uh, VW and all of its brands, are they dependent on China too or have they managed to shake off the shackles of China and do it themselves? They're all dependent and I think it's becoming clear that it's basically impossible now um, and in the near term to produce an EV um, without China. Um, you know, Tesla gets some of its batteries from a Chinese company. It gets uh, battery materials that, you know, have been processed in China. Um, you know, VW owns a stake in a Chinese battery company. So I think, you know, in the near term, we have to be realistic that uh, it's not possible to, to to not rely on China. But saying that, you know, the West is, um, is making a big effort now. It's investing in this supply chain. It's going to take time for sure. Let's be realistic. But we we are making the right moves now um and the us you know with this new climate bill we we've got positive news on that this week so you know it, it's going to take time but i think um the race is on right this yeah. is everything that my book says it is a is it a new strategic game that's so, open. so uh, at that level and the supply chain level there's a big race on the chinese buying up mines in various places uh, so they have a secure uh, supply chain for their processing industry but technology and science keeps on moving. I read a couple of years back now about uh, a battery that would be made from silicon dioxide. <laughs> now, silicon, if you'll pardon the pun, is cheap as chips. So, um, you know, someone might come along that would change the game for China. Yeah, this, it's really interesting because um, back to my point about speed and scale, um, often, you know, it happened in solar too, is that the, the industry can settle upon a technology and then scale it up, right? And then it becomes locked in, you know, because it's it's good enough, right? Um, and I have electric vehicle, you know, it, it, to me, it, they're good enough at the moment. So part of part of what we need to do is just scale up um, current lithium ion battery technology, um, which I do think is, is pretty good now. Um, but we also, yes, there could be innovations that come along that make batteries cheaper. That's that's critical. Um, that boost range um, in EVs. But it's a hard game, you know. Back to what we talked about, Edison. But what you do in the lab is very difficult. It's very different from what you do at scale. Um, and I think for the immediate future, we need to scale up the existing technology. If you build enough charging infrastructure, I think current batteries are, are pretty good. Um, but I do think any innovations that make batteries cheaper, uh, that's going to, yeah, that's going to be huge. Because um, that's what we need. We now, need to be cheaper. People drive electric cars and, uh, you know, they feel very virtuous, but there's still a lot of carbon that goes into the production yes. of an electric car. But the life uh, cycle of an electric car is likely to be longer. So the overall equation should be uh, quite beneficial. But still, people are made feel guilty because, you know, they think there's child labor involved in the produ- production of some of the minerals a bit like blood diamonds um yeah. what do the big manufacturers in the west do about those charges yeah so to your point evs are better there's just no way there's no two ways of cutting it right um and if we elect move to they're more efficient right so we're we're wasting less energy just just on that point um and as electricity grids get greener we're using more clean energy so even if they're more carbon intensive to produce um that you know they're generally much better than the alternative and from an air pollution standpoint let's just not forget that right air pollution kills millions um so 
you know, should people feel guilty? No, they're better. Um, but at the same time, what my book is saying is let's let's be aware of these supply chains so that we can clean them up, right? If we put pressure on manufacturers about um, cobalt and, and lithium, then they will take action, right? And they will they will clean them up because what we've seen in the past um, with the globalized supply chains is we've just offshored everything, right? And cobalt has been used for years in mobile phones, but have people cared? You know, have people cared what's in the smartphone? Um, probably not. But now, because it's a clean, green product, and EV is a green product, you know, we should care, and we can we can change these things. And we've already seen that happening. We've seen automakers um, engage more with the Democratic Republic of Congo, try to visit the mine sites, try to work out what, what's going on. You know, Tesla's um, Tesla's done this um, as well. Um, it's not easy, and I'd like to see more. But there is more engagement. There's more sort of realization of what's going on. Um, and, and as a result, the, the government of the DRC, you know, which has this huge Saudi Arabian like monopoly of cobalt, they are taking action because they don't, you know, if, if, if there's child labor, if there's these problems, they risk losing that um, God given monopoly. Right. So the more public pressure and awareness, the better. Um, but it doesn't mean you need to feel feel guilty. Yeah. Uh, anyway, as you point out, the car makers can do all sorts of things, building cobalt free batteries uh, yeah. using lithium phosphate instead. Look, it's a fascinating uh, story. It's about minerals. It's also about people, the people who will get very rich, the corruption yeah. involved and all of that. And I would recommend it thoroughly. It's called Volt Rush, which is a pun on gold rush, I suppose. The winners and losers in the race to go green. Uh, it's available right now. I think it uh, officially comes out today yeah. or yesterday. One World are the publishers. And its author, Henry Sanderson. Henry, thank you very much for joining us on the programme today. Thanks so much. Excellent questions. Thanks for your time. The Pat Kenny Show with Matter Private Network. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.